Hello and welcome to Kiwi Rider Podcast. My name is Ray here and great to have you along. If this is the first podcast of ours you've listened to, please do hit that like button, hit that subscribe button and come along for the ride. Later in the show, we're going to bring you another story from Kiwi Rider Magazine. The magazine itself is out absolutely free, twice a month for you to read, enjoy, download, whatever you want to do at kiwirider.co.nz. But before we go any further, let's get into the top five. And this week, the top five innovations in recent motorcycling history. Number five, heated clothing. Oh, absolutely. I'd love a set of heated gloves. You can get heated vests, you can get heated seats, you can get heated everything. And on a cold winter's day, there's nothing better than warm. The top five this week, recent innovations in motorcycling. Number four, colour TFT screens. Colour TFT displays are making their way onto pretty much every motorcycle. And I know the current model, Tenere 700, if you buy it over in Europe, has a colour TFT display. Uh, we won't be seeing that uh, in New Zealand until 2024. But uh, TFT displays, they can show you a whole lot more than just speed, gear and revs. The top five motorcycling innovations in recent history, ABS, love it or hate it, ABS is here to stay. And if you get an adventure bike, you might be lucky to get off-road ABS or even switchable ABS, which means you can turn it off. But ABS... Uh, the, the experts say that you can't outbreak ABS and I'd love to see someone who can. It takes a very finely trained right hand to outbreak ABS. The top five innovations in recent motorcycling history, LED lighting. Yeah, you've got to be seen on the roads, otherwise those cages, as many call them, are going to take you out. LED lighting can be seen from a long way away and if your bike has uh, is equipped with DRLs, daylight running lights or day running lights, you'll be seen from a long way away. And generally they look quite good. LED lighting uses less power as well. So LED lighting is number two on our list of top five innovations in recent motorcycling history. Number one, adapt, active or adaptive cruise control. It's no secret, I'm a sucker for cruise control. I love it. And I did get to ride a uh, Ducati Multistrada V4S a number of months ago now, which had adaptive cruise control, which I absolutely love because, you know, you put your cruise control on, you're cruising along, and then you catch up to somebody who has an erratic speed and they're slowing down and speeding up and you just want to hold a constant speed. You put your adaptive cruise control on, set it to 5Ks faster than they're actually going, and you'll uh, keep maintain a good following distance. And most times adaptive cruise control will even bring the bike to a stop if somebody in front of you uh, does stop or has a crash. So adaptive cruise control is my number one on the top five innovations in a recent motorcycling history. That's your top five for this week. Fight Club. The story from Kiwi Rider Magazine, February 2023, Volume 1. Written by Peter Elliott. Motoguzzi's V7 Special offers all things Italian, style, beauty, presence, with a little temperament. The first rule of Fight Club, don't talk about Fight Club, etc. What if it's your job, your brief, to talk about Fight Club? Part of the problem writing any sort of article that aims to inform the reader with a little insight before purchase, or just to broaden the knowledge base, is that it's mostly subjective. We can deliver basic facts, but how much do I really know about the coefficients of thermal expansion on wear factor in the cylinder walls of a modern triple? The percentage vagaries of steel versus carbon on frame breakage, 
or the peak demand drop-off curve in an electric battery-configured bike. I know these things notionally, and that's about the limit. I'm neither neuroscientist nor metallurgical guru. I am, however, a man who's ridden a lot of motorcycles. I own a laptop. I have opinions and a genuine, occasionally sentimental heart. I can only give an honest response to how the bike works, feels, looks, and fits with my individual set of criteria based on experience, taste, and observation over 50 years, and hope that it helps rather than annoys. I am, as they say, what I am. It starts with first impressions on the floor. I ask myself, does it appeal to the eye and why? And immediately, we are deep in subjective world. Naturally, I'm drawn to motorcycles that reflect the fantasy of my teens to 30s. And I think that's true for all of us, whether now or in years to come. So admitting to that personal preference is, as a matter of course, going to colour any review. Then I start the bike, listen, and then check out any electricery before clearing all that out of my head and riding away. The second major question is what were they thinking? Usually this is pretty clear, although it can take days and a few kilometres to get any concrete picture. But it's my key to unlocking the bike. Once I understand or feel that I understand, I set about measuring their achievements in that delivery. The major flaw in this process, and there are many, is that by focusing on the thought behind what the manufacturers were trying to achieve, if anything other than sell more of the same bikes, is that in narrowing that process, one tends toward finding what it does well. In other words, the action of defining it automatically produces a positive response to your criteria. This is why most reviews are strongly positive and are a lot less to do with keeping suppliers happy than would be supposed. So, there, I said it. I talked about Fight Club. Sue me. Pretty to the eye. The Motoguzzi V7 850 Special is pretty to my eye immediately. It's low slung, with the usual two black snouts of the cylinder heads at a 90 degree transverse under the smart blue tank, twin clocks with analogue displays, and the merest flicker of electronica harking back to around 1970. All that points this bike firmly towards the retro naked market. And of course, it does that very well. It's handsome in its snappy blue livery and judicious white striping, with a bold 850 picked out above the Motoguzzi logo on the heads, bright chrome-spoked wheels, and the right gleam and sparkle and the winged Guzzy logo appears with judicious Italian styling cues. At the front of the blacked out engine is a disc with the logo embossed. Two chrome exhausts sweep back to tailored pipes and the finish is perfect. No shit welds and the plastic is at a minimum. The usual Guzzy shaft drivers in place. The whole thing is compact, cohesive and beautiful. The headlight is LED and retro in look as are the rear plastic circular tail lights with a nod to exceptional modern utility. There is nothing superfluous on the special. The electronics package offers some fuel data, traction control and odometer, but it's basic and only present in a small window of the analogue clock. 
the switchgear is simple, basic, and the focus is very definitely on the experience of the road ahead. There is ABS, but the entire feel is about motorcycling in the now. The transverse V-twin. The engine supplies the standard horizontal flinch to the right on blip of throttle, but it's charming and somewhat endearing, and that was perhaps my overall response to the bike. It's not overpowered with an 850 plant delivering some 65 horses, a little less than the config for Moto Guzzi's V85 TT Adventurer, but it's the way it delivers that power that is such a feature of the special. Smooth, direct and managed is how it feels, while reminding me of those dream motorcycles of earlier years. The seat height is low at 770mm and offers a sporty upright riding position, with just the merest hint of leg discomfort after some kilometres. This is possibly because of my own odd geometry, the opposite of most Italians, I have long legs and arms, but a short torso, and I would prefer flat bars for fit and to complete the retro racing look. Turning circle is a little constricted and manoeuvring in parks is a bit of backwards and forwards, but that's a minor niggle. The seat itself is very comfortable and probably one of the best standard seats I've found. It is soft but not overly, although the dark grey finish does tend to grip the riding jeans fabric and shifting around on the seat while aboard takes some effort. It's not the lightest bike either at 189kgs, but it certainly feels less effortless than most. And it will fit the city rider very well indeed. It has real character too, something that many bikes lack, and it could very quickly become your go-to everyday machine. Stopping-wise, I was not surprised to see just a single disc up front, but I certainly harboured doubts about the efficiency of it. I was concerned unnecessarily. The four-pot Brembo on the 320mm front disc gives a serious handful and pulls the bike up well. The ABS kicking in, but without a shimmy. At the rear, a 260mm disc is an assistant and used in conjunction from 100km an hour to a dead stop on an empty road. This saw my fears happily eased. Fun with Italian style. The bike is fun. Simple as that. And it's a definite head-turner. Several people commented on what a great-looking motorcycle it was, men and women, and it certainly has flair and style. However, there are some things that didn't quite please me. Some you could fix with a little personalisation, and I'll start with those. The mirrors are awful. They appear to be fixed on later by government and forces. They work, but in my opinion could very easily be replaced. And my own preference would be flat bars and barring mirrors, underslung or small and circular, like the lights. The other is not so easily fixed, and that's the gearbox, which was oddly both spongy and crunchy at the same time. I occasionally wear high-top R.M. Williams dress boots when heading out to town, and changing up was so hard it actually hurt my foot to the point of bruising it. However, regulation riding boots solved the issue, but it's still a lumpy bastard of a box. One other niggle while we're at it is the side stand. It's hard to find. It's not in a natural position and a bit too firm in its action, staying at half-mast if not kicked home solidly. Those are some small prices to pay for what is a damn fun motorcycle to ride.
and an even better motorcycle to look at. It has real presence, personality and style, and is so damn good looking, it has to up your personal quota of cool considerably. The bike is beautifully made, solid, and is firmly in the modern classic mould. It was a genuine pleasure to have this bike around for a while, and although longer periods aboard it did niggle my left foot and hip, it was worth it. On the road, the bike has a low centre of gravity, helped in no small measure by the drive shaft, and is a pleasure to cruise on. I float around Ridge Road where there are busy little corners and snatched glimpses of our cracking harbour from a rear vantage point. It's a road I often use to test or to teach riders on, as there are difficult angles and off-camber twists that need attention. The 850 was a delight, although I confess to a few minor surprises when the pegs hit the limit and scraped and vibrated noisily for a second or two. A few years ago, someone famous said to me that a Moto Guzzi V7 was a motorcycle that would always get you home, and it was the sort of bike that would never kill you. Pretty confronting thing to say, and at the time I felt it was one of those things that old bastards say to young riders as proof of years of experience. But that's exactly the feeling imparted on me by the 850 Special. It's the sort of bike you ride when you need the motorcycle fix, when you need to get into town, when you need the folks to say, cool bike, when you want someone to ask if you can take them for a ride, and when you need an old friend you trust. It's that sort of bike. It will give you much more than it costs. One of my best friends was recently taken from us, and he was a lifelong lover of Madaguzzi's. I can now see why. It's a loyalty thing. But more than that... It's one of those bikes that'll be your friend for years to come. For all the specs, colour images and more on the Madagazi V Special, check out kiwirider.co.nz. It's all free, two magazines absolutely free for you to enjoy twice a month. And you can click back through the back catalogue. Go back to February 2023, Volume 1. The story written by Peter Elliott. There you go, that about wraps up the show this week. Thank you so much for listening, really appreciate it. If you liked it or you didn't, let us know. We're on Facebook, Instagram and TikTok, just search at Kiwi Rider Podcast. Or you can message me, my website, Moto NZ. Uh, we're on YouTube, we're releasing weekly videos. Uh, just search up Moto NZ there. Matthew D. Gillett's website is uh, onthrottle.co.nz and he does weekly videos there as well on Throttle. Search that out. The magazine, Kiwi Rider Magazine, out twice a month, absolutely free, over 100 pages of awesome Kiwi motorcycling content. Go to kiwirider.co.nz to check out the magazine. Uh, and we'd love your feedback. You can email me, podcast at kiwirider.co.nz. This is Kiwi Rider Podcast. My name's Ray here, and thank you so much for listening. Keep the rubber side down, throttle on, and we'll catch you in seven days' time.